Welcome to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Rapici and Barry Falk. Michael, how are you doing tonight, Dr. Rapici? Barry, Dr. Falk. It's number, it's, I'm doing well. It's episode 50, my friend. It's a big night for us. It's a Fif- big night for us. This, this is, is our a- anniversary episode, or, or it's an, our numerical watershed episode, however you want to look at it. Uh, this is episode 50 of Critical Media Studies with uh, Dr. Michael Rapici and Dr. Barry Jameson Falk. I'll give my middle name because it's a special occasion. Uh, and we decided to have maybe a briefer episode than usual, but we're, we're not going to promise that. We won't promise too much about brevity, uh, but um, we're going to try to be focused and just sort of think in a retrospective way about the highs, lows, and in-betweens, and I guess mainly about the purpose, I guess about the learning curve for this fine podcast, so to speak, fine in some sense, for this podcast, but also for the, uh, we're also going to be thinking some thoughts about our purpose and our aims, aims and purposes um, from the beginning and now, I think, going forward. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that a fair description? I we're think thinking retrospectively. We're thinking uh, with, about with, our with, work and evaluating. Yeah, with an eye to and the future. Yeah. With a what? With an eye to the future, perhaps. With an eye to the future. That's absolutely right. So let's okay. let's, so let's jump in, that, Barry. Right? So yeah, I'll I'll, right. I'll ask you the questions, and you go ahead, and you just uh, just <laughs> astound with your 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 insight and your wit. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. But let's do it. Let's pretend I will. Let's yes. do it. So, you know, it, it, here we are at 50 episodes of Critical Media Studies podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think the first place that we have to start, or the place that we have to start, obviously, is what is it that we're doing here? So in your mind, what are we doing? Well, I have a typical Falkian answer to that in that it's going to be both evasive and vague and somewhat to the point and confessional. So it's going to be uh, not the easy best to do. of all world. <laughs> it's not easy to do, but I'd like to think I do that at my best be vague and confessional at the same time and personal. So uh, to answer that question, it's a way of saying that I have a kind of divided assessment on that or a divided mind on that. And that I think we had a very clear purpose in in our beginning, Um, a very clear attitude about our archive and very clear view of our archive and our purpose. And I, I don't think I have that anymore. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. That's not necessarily um, uh, a totally negative thing that I feel that to my, to, in my mind, I feel we sort of wandered from the original purpose or aims and purposes of the show. Because I'd like to think that we're in a process of evolution and that we're going to something that I hadn't planned, but that will be, you know, kind of, if not progressive, then, you know, if not constitute a progression, at least constitute an interesting development. So here's my idea of where we began and our aims and origins. I think that we began with an eye to, and I guess this part of our origin story, I think we're still very... I'd like to think we're still kind of faithful to. I think we began with this idea, with the assumption that 
we'd like to know more about the thing that has its fingers around our neck and into our mind. That we felt that we are all of us in the thick of uh, an accelerating media, to use Marshall McLuhan's term, media environment. A media environment that is becoming ever, I mean, McLuhan was talking about this in the 1960s, the characteristic of the tel of television as a media environment is that it's going to be more immersive and more absorptive of our attentions than previous media environments provided by, say, photography or uh, what's another thing, the telegraph, things like that, or, or radio even. But that we were entering into, Marshall McLuhan writes in the mid-60s, we're entering into a media environment that is ever more immersive than ever more immersive. Well, I mean, that's accelerated not just in the time of McLuhan, but even in the last five years. I would say that COVID is very much the shadow or specter mm. uh, um, over this podcast, maybe a lot of podcasts are like that, and that, in the sense that uh, COVID, one of the things, many things that COVID seemed to have accelerated, was our reliance on our devices. So I, I was talking about technology. I mean, the metaphor I used was kind of threatening, uh, saying that we wanted to understand the technology that was like, you know, held us in its grip, uh, and I, I do think that. Uh, then and now, in our mind, I think in my mind, and it seems in your mind, we've kind of kept true to that um, existential imperative. Uh, we're talking about media because we think that a lot is at F and stake in talking about media, precisely because it's immersive. And dare we say, we were talking about immersive media environments uh, before we had the more immediate acceleration of chat gpt and mm -hmm. some forms of artificial intelligence which only kind of proves our our concerns at the beginning of the podcast anyway i think we kind of remain true to that but but the other part of the of the uh, vision quest i don't know if we've proven true to that i think we were initially thinking we would explore media text that would help us grasp our current media environment for good and for ill. Um, and I think one thing I've noticed, maybe I'm maybe I'm already answering another question that I know Michael, you're you're going to discuss and you're going to spring on me a little bit later, but I think a surprising thing that happened in the uh, as we went along is I think we, we, we seem to have taken a turn to reflecting on the history of media for its own sake. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that necessarily fits in our original vision quest. So, okay, now I will I, thank you for letting me be long and effusive, but now I'm just going to, um, I'm going to rail it in and, and say what I was trying to say more concisely or provide a more concise answer to your question. Initially, I think we were reading, we, we wanted to read text and media theory with an eye toward elucidating the current situation. 
And I think in the process of doing that, what we seem to have done or seem to have discovered is an interest. I won't, I won't presume to say we have a forte for it, but I think we've developed or shown an interest in the history of media for its own sake. Mm-hmm. That we seem to be attracted to these kind of earlier moments in media theory that may or may not relate to a, the current crises of AI or whatever. Okay, yeah, it's more than enough. More than it, enough. that's a good answer, and I, I appreciate your going first with that because it gave me a chance to think not only about what I want to say, but also to, to to reflect for a minute upon what you're saying. And you know, so I, I think that. The backstory here, right, is we before we started a podcast, we had a reading group and it was just an opportunity to talk about media texts and how they worked. And so I think that if I was to take the big picture answer or the big picture approach to answering this, I'd say that what we're looking at here is really texts from different perspectives and different times that provide arguments for the ways in which media shapes societies. Okay. And what's interesting about it though, is that, you know, you talk about McLuhan, who's obviously the patron saint of this podcast. Um, But you, you talk about this sort of this media evolution and this immersive nature, the immersive nature of, of, of uh, media technologies and the words that, popped into my mind really was not so much immersive, but there's like a convergence of all of these mm-hmm. various forms of media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'll give you an example. Like my, my cell phone is dying. So just earlier today I went and picked up, I got a new phone. It's like my first new phone in forever. And mm-hmm. it's funny because it, that device, you know, as, as a media artifact is everything right? There's photography, there's film, there's communication, there's radio. I mean, everything is in that one thing. So there really has been this convergence. And I think we're at a place now where everything is a media environment. I think that's sort of been one of the things that's come out of the evolution of the show is this, this, this idea that what we're not, we're not looking at disparate aspects of media we're looking really, I think, just at various places on the tapestry that is just this, it's a whole, it's it's all connected. Um, and so I think that the fun thing about what I think we're trying to do, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least, by the way, if my answer was totally off from yours, it's like, oh, <clears throat> repeat, she's off in his own sandbox building castles, but, and I might be, um, but is that there's no definitive answers to most of this you know these are but it's not but it's not abstract theory for the sake of theory i mean when we're looking at a lot of what we're talking about and what we have talked about and hopefully what we will continue to talk about is really the intermingling of you know uh intention with uh various aspects of media that enable certain things Mm -hmm. some of which are intentional some of which are um you know unforeseen perhaps in certain ways i mean we talked about this uh with raymond williams right how that any new technology is invented with a specific answer and as Mm -hmm. it's really invented as a specific answer Mm -hmm. to a potent to a to a perceived problem Mm -hmm. but it always goes out beyond that and i think that's 
I, I think that's what we've been doing is exploring the ways in which that works. Hmm. I like that a lot. Um, something I worry about, you know, maybe I can uh, just add a little P, a brief PS mm -hmm. um, uh, to our discussion, both my answer and your answer, is that something I worry about is that, you know, very much part of our original intention is to help people, is that we, we thought that by talking about these essays that we talked about, we would sort of help people in practical ways, mm -hmm. especially especially uh, people in graduate study or undergraduate classes, undergraduate critical classes in communications or in English departments or in some other department, um, that we were kind of being the student's friend. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't know how good we've done, uh, how consistent we've been in sort of answering that. Uh, I don't know whether that's our fault. I guess it is our fault. But I, I do know that was one of our mission statements. And I honestly don't know how well we've done. I, and, and there's a part of me that says, well, we haven't done well. We should do better. But then I wonder if uh, I wonder if that's a purpose. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe people will listen to other podcasts to do that. I don't know. Don't you don't you hope that's the case? I mean. I, you know, do, I, do you think, well, do you think we are? We're having a bit. This is this is uh this is the John Cassavetes moment in this uh, in this uh, retrospective episode. We're having the confessional moment. Um, I I don't know. I guess I mean, this, I worry this, that we're talking, but I don't know what in which you know people listen to podcasts because they like to hear. To be honest with you, Michael, they like to hear friends talking. If we weren't friendly. Nobody will listen oh, it'd be, to us it'd be for horrible. two but it, minutes. But it would but, also so be... they want to hear people. They want to hear friends talking, and they want to be in. I mean, people listen to podcasts because they want to hear people who are well intentioned talk to each other, and they they get some sort of I do get some sort of emotional ratification and satisfaction from that. Are they getting learning experiences from that? I don't know. You know, I no, see. I think I kind of want to push back on this a little bit because if we were the only two voices having this discussion, it'd be terrifying. It would be absolutely terrifying be really because bad. the the pressure be to bad. get everything right, right. would be overwhelming, right. Right. you know? And, and right. I, I think it's better to be uh, a voice, an informed voice, hopefully, you know, a voice with, 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 well, with, some, with something to, to offer, but to do I don't, I don't ever want to be the only voice. That That's a, mm -hmm. that, that's a lonely place, man. I don't want to be there. That's that's a lonely place. We don't want to be there. All right. Is there another question for a chance? That Absolutely. We <laughs> I'll just throw them out for, for you. Number, number for two. Chance. Barry Falk. Number two. Contestant number two. You favorite moment. Favorite moment. Favorite episode. Wow. Now, this is the part where I say, there are Michael, there too are many to count. Yeah. I can't possibly answer that question. All right. I'm looking at Michael shared with me a very um, very you, you want me, you want me to go first because I know I, I know the answer to this. Why don't you go first? And uh may that may or may not influence my answer. Okay, so, so I I'm, I'm gonna see. cheat. I'm gonna cheat and offer two. Um so 
one. Look at that. Okay. Well, I mean, come on now. Okay, so the first one for me, absolutely Byung Chul Han. I loved having that discussion. I did. Yeah, and I'll tell you. So that was on boredom and multitasking, right? And uh, just real quick, I'll 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 read you the blurb from that episode. It says in this episode, Barry and Mike discuss Byung Chul Han's burnout society with an eye to his discussion of multitasking and the loss of what he calls profound boredom. <clears throat> the discussion invokes Stiegler's concept noesis and Elul's concept of technique as a means of better understanding the spaces of focus and attention in the modern world. I loved reading this and I loved talking about it because this was one of those essays that I thought was profoundly practical. And if we're going to talk about being in an immersive environment or if everything is an environment, that, right? I just found this, oh. I, I, I loved, I love that discussion. And it it's made my heart sing the past week. Um, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> you guys listening, it's, it's had, it's had its Renaissance. You guys uh, listening have been down. It's been a popular episode lately. Oh, that's right. Um, so maybe it's on my mind because of that. So I would say that, and then um, the other one is, you know, low hanging fruit for me, the Latour episode. And I, I take that as a, a personal victory over Barry, who has long <laughs> resisted actor network theory and new materialism. So the fact well, that we more got more on this when we talk about surprises, yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll hold my tongue. So I, well, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I, I I really enjoyed watching you enjoy Latour. <laughs> it was it was like. Well, how do I want to say this? It was it was like the greatest I told you so moment that I didn't have to say anything. It was just wonderful. So wow, we um, are airing dirty laundry, dirty laundry tonight. So they have that those those were my two. I really enjoyed Han. I thought it was just profoundly yeah. important. And um, yeah, um, the tour was just infinitely gratifying for me. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there about Byung-Chul Han. This may have something to do. Maybe it has more than a little to do with uh, advanced age and decrepitude. But here's the only thing I remember from that episode. And it's not a positive thing. Because I seem to remember, here's my takeaway from that episode. I remember that we were frustrated by his lack of practicality because he kept on saying over and over again, we thought, I thought, I thought this is this is my takeaway from the episode. Maybe my memory is bad, but I thought we were we kept on saying he keeps on saying the Internet is bad, but he doesn't tell me how he's going to get off the Internet. This guy isn't practical at all. So I have a different memory of. So, no, I don't I don't think that that memory uh, contradicts my my position on this at all. I think that you've got to get very comfortable so there is so here's the quick answer right i think this is what we came to you're not getting away from it you're not getting away from the internet. you're not you're not unplugging it can't it's it's it, and it, it's it's increasingly more difficult to try and achieve that position for mm-hmm. any sustained period of time with every passing day that's the reality but mm-hmm. that doesn't invalidate the fact that his diagnosis right yeah His diagnosis yeah and, and, of the and maladies and, of uh internet culture yeah i mean and and so you know we had we had talked with um we we had we talked about stiegler for this and noesis and sort of you know amateurism and just sort of being able to step outside and think and how increasingly difficult that is 
I think that even if we reach a point where on some level, tragically, that becomes a near impossibility, doesn't mean you don't have to talk about it. Doesn't mean it's not a thing to strive for in some way. And I think that, I think you just said it best, his diagnosis is is important. And I think that it's one that's easily missed because we glorify, culturally, we glorify the very thing he's saying, you can't, this is unsustainable. You can't do this. So uh, that was that was it for me. I really okay. enjoyed that essay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do two as well. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to cheat like you did, and I'm going to do two as well. I wonder if you can guess. I bet you can't guess. I think I'm going to surprise. I'm going to surprise my uh, folks out there in Radio Podland. I'm going to surprise my co-host. Hold here. on. I don't. So think so let me I don't just think say. Think coming. I don't. Okay. So so the um, McLuhan is a an obvious answer. And, so, and, and, and you're not, and, so you're not going there. Not it. It's not, so you're not going there. I ain't going there. Um, I ain't going there. Where would you go? I don't know. Hit me. Let me like, I'll, I'll, I'll respond <laughs> on a scale of one to 10 on how, how re- <laughs> revolutionary this is. We need to have retrospective episodes all the time, all the damn time. Okay. Um, okay. Two. No. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember too many specifics, but I do remember the Guy Debord episode. That was a good one. We, we, I think what I recall from it, though, I can, of course, offer no specifics right now. But what I recall about it is that our discussion was very focused on the, well, two things I liked about our discussion that I do seem to recall. Number one, we talked a lot about the form and that was good because, you know, we're English majors. We know it's things about formalism. We talked a lot about the form of his text, his style of writing and how to decode and interpret and work with his difficult, fragmented style of writing. So I thought, and in general, this gets to the second point, what I recall vaguely, but favorably about the episode. I thought that we, I mean, there's a lot out there on DeBoer and situationism, but I thought that we kind of had a, a relatively fresh take on him because we were really extrapolating from the text to say, contemporary media theory, the media, which, you know, there's a lot of things going on in that text, political theory, right? A a lot of political theory, a lot of Marxist political theory, but I thought we kind of focused, and I don't see enough people do this. We kind of focused on the media theory that was implicit in his larger criticism. So I thought we had a really unique take on DeBoer and I was sort of proud of it. Okay. 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 So does it surprise you? No, not so much. I didn't see that. I, that's not what I would have picked. I thought you were going somewhere else, but. Well, okay. Ne- the next one is what I think you're going to be surprised at. Um, it would be one of our Horkheimer Adorno episodes. That's right. Is yeah, that, saw, no, did, so did you guess that? Yeah, that's what I saw coming. I, I seem to recall that we did for us, a credible job on the Odysseus chapter, or mm-hmm. I, there there were two episodes where I thought we did like, it's like we were almost had degrees or something, almost had advanced degrees. But um, 
the 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 culture society the culture industry episode and also Juliet or enlightenment and morality and then maybe Odysseus or mm-hmm. myth and enlightenment I thought we did credible jobs on these so I okay. had a feeling Michael you were going to say gonna, that Michael's going to say what no drugs no what so here's here's the thing here's the thing the next question that we were going to talk about is if you could do something over what oh, would yeah. you do over and why okay and immediately immediately i went to horkheimer to dorna but why because, is that okay because, I, I i need to hear why right. is that? and it's not because it's not because i didn't enjoy it it's not because i felt that it was off topic you know if you look through the 49 episodes that predate today mm-hmm. the first 10 15 of them are all over the place i mean it took us a, a little while to find our sea legs and to figure out what it is that we were trying to do mm-hmm. i think that adorno and horkheimer were very much right in the crosshairs that was where we found oh you know what we should mention this in terms of our retrospective evaluations because i think we both agreed and we were marked at the time oh we know what we're doing now well we're yeah well actually uh right our, our 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 friend Jessica knew what we yes, needed to be doing. So again, yeah, hats off right, to yeah. Jessica for, for yeah, pointing us absolutely. in that direction. Absolutely. But the I was it it brought me back to so many times as a student where you're reading something and it seems like everybody else knows what's going on and you're the you know you're just out in a very different part of the ocean all by yourself and it's scary and deep. And I remember the first I don't know, two times I read through that opening chapter on Odysseus. I was like, what the flip is this? And where am I going with this? And what are we doing? And um, I feel like that would be one. And I can't believe I'm saying this because we're not doing it over. We won't do it over. And of course, we have a big announcement. But the question we're renaming the podcast to... Um, no, the, but I feel like had I been able to do that first or second discussion after we had finished the last ones, after we had gone through it, I feel like that was the kind of thing where I picked like my understanding of what we were talking about, my ability to really engage those ideas didn't start to take hold until the third one, maybe. And uh, I really feel like the Odysseus one was probably the one with the most meat on the bone. And mm-hmm. um, and that could just be a preference because I think I think I got my head around it towards the end. But um, that would be the one I would do over because I just I felt so but I felt I just felt so lost at that. I mean, it was but it, but, it, but what do you want to do over? Would you want to do the whole series? Theoretically, we're not talking. Theoretically, would you want to do? Would you want to do the whole thing over again, or just the first two episodes? Well, see, or... and that's the question: is is you know, uh, tough Teddy has become uh, our hero. He he. Well, he's he's you know he's he's sitting up on he's he's on he's on the he's on the podium. Um, he's on the podium, right? I think. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like that that discussion that we had about Odysseus was and the concept of enlightenment the first two right um mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i could have I, I feel like i could have done a better job with those if i had uh 
I just I feel like I could have done a better job. With well, that. okay. Well, all right, all right. We'll let it. Stand but I'll tell you this: it's continue. not. It's yeah. not. It's not like. I mean, that was just some tough reading, man. Yeah. Yeah, but that, you know, I mean, I hate to sound like my mother and vegetables, but uh, wow, eating vegetables. Oh, okay, I, I got you. I was, I was like, here. I wasn't sure what you're doing with that. I have a tie-in here. I mean. You eat your asparagus because it not because you like it, but because it's going to be good for you. I do feel that there was a lot of goodness that came out of the supper. Oh, without question, without question, that was just that was that that was one of the times where, and look, this I'm I'll own it. I'm a guy who spent a lot of time sort of just staring at the sky, going, "What in the hell are we doing here?" Um, <clears throat> that was one of those moments for me. What about you? Did you figure out what you would do over? Yeah. Yes. And I think, wait a minute, I remembered it and I forgot it, but I'm going to, let me look again because it slipped out of my brain because I was so engrossed. Oh yeah, I found it. I was so engrossed in your answer, in your heartfelt answer. I lost my place, but I found it. Um, Although, although I almost want to say, uh, well, I'll mention one, but why would I just stop here? Because the same problem I have with the episode I'm going to put out, I might level at all our early episodes where we were talking about popular culture. Um, I wouldn't do that over. I'd get rid of those. Oh, okay. Well, all right. All right. Okay. Well, we could do that. The, the do-over is, I, I don't know, I feel that we could do better. We could have done better with Forster. Hmm. And I'm sort of putting him in the pop culture, uh, which maybe is wrongly, because I was sort of equating him with sci-fi technology narratives. And I guess in a way it's not popular culture, but, uh, but uh, don't look up. Yeah, that's a mistake. They were, that's but that's okay. not, to me, that's not do-over. That that's not be... a do-over? So a do-over would be something where I felt that we, I don't know. Oh, well, I'll just let, I'll let it go there. I'll let it go there. Yeah, I would say, there honestly, uh-huh. um, until we, I, there was really a whole lot of those early ones were just, I think, just trying to find our feet where we were talking about stuff yeah. that certainly germane yeah. to critical media studies. But- I don't think that we had that that focus. Okay, that way. so uh, yeah, I, I I mean I agree with you. The salient category there, where I would put some of those episodes, would be eradicate, decimate, destroy. Not the idea of a do over, but maybe I can save uh, Forster and Don't Look Up uh, for the do over uh, and put them under the do over uh, rubric. I said this that we would perhaps focus more on I would like for us to have, if we had to keep it, then maybe we should have focused more on the representation of media than we did. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that, yeah. that would have improved it certainly. Okay. So that's, that's my answer to the question of the do over. All right. So biggest surprise, Barry. Uh, it has to do with something you already alluded to. I am surprised, and you you saw this coming. Mm-hmm. 
you saw this coming. Uh, it has to do with Bruno Latour and also John Law. Mm-hmm. And uh, my here here's the surprise. Now, Michael told you the uh, uh, the you know his anti Barry agenda and the ways in which he was there is no anti Barry agenda. <laughs> um, the ways in which he was getting personal malevolent pleasure. <laughs> out of my discomfort uh, at these episodes. But let me, uh, I kid, of course. But let me tell you, let me tell you why these episodes surprise me. And it, and it does uh, reflect in a very positive way about Michael sort of bringing it up, right? Um, and uh, why I'm grateful that Michael sort of steered us this way because that was sort of against my, um, and I'm not even sure why, simply because i guess my interest i'm particular you know i i i think really it's it's uh, i was avoiding actor network theory um for the same reason for a very concrete but not necessarily uh reasonable reason which is that i my my own research interest is uh, kind of squarely in the 60s 70s moment of uh media theory and so that's kind of my comfort zone and going into actor network theory sort of gets me out of my comfort zone. So I don't think it was anything as exalted that, but let me tell you why I was pleasantly surprised by uh, not just doing and discussing with you, Bruno Latour and John Law, but also I've been very pleased and favorably impressed by the seeming, it seems to be positive response to those episodes. Yeah. So here's the surprise, which I did not see coming, and it's very pleasant. In a way, if you think of the intellectual trajectory of our episode so far, I would describe it as this, that we've been thinking, starting off with McLuhan and Stiegler, we've been thinking about ways in which media, um, very broadly speaking, and I'm kind of scooping up in my vacuum cleaner Bernard Stiegler as well as Jonathan Crary and Marshall McLuhan and a lot of other people that we were discussing, maybe even Raymond Williams. I think definitely Raymond. So a lot of the early people we're talking about. Alol, maybe mm-hmm. maybe everybody, almost everybody that we did in our first, including or Donald Horkheimer. I, I think the list is almost it's big. Um a lot of these thinkers were in exploring their essays. We were thinking and we were discussing ways in which media affects subjects. So that's kind of where this where this podcast has been intellectually for a lot of its, you know, career, a lot of its life. We've been talking about thinkers who investigate the effects of media environments on subjects. Now there is a a beautiful and impressive and elegant way in which Latour and Law both complete this intellectual journey and push it in another sphere that we have yet to explore, mm-hmm. which will be exciting to explore, because they have a very, what I realize in discussing Latour and Law is that they have a very different, different approach. And in reading Latour and Law together, I especially saw, I think maybe actor network theory 
and its philosophical foundations, it kind of clicked in for me. And as I see it, it interestingly completes and also projects a different kind of future for theorizing about media. Before, media theory is large, was largely, is largely, even to this day, about how media environments affect subjects. What long Latour bring to the table is the concept that we've never, we're talking about subjects often fully formed. And Latour and Law, in a word, are saying, uh, you've never had the human, merely the human, and talking about technology. Yeah, they- so in a way, it's misleading to say, well, let's talk about the effects that technology has on human subjects when we never had a preformed human to begin with. In that mm-hmm. That's Latour and Law. Yeah, no, I think I think that, and this might be part of the hurdle to clear for you, was that they really complicate this notion of human-centered subjectivity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a thing, either you can go there or you can't. You know, um, you can either accept that we're the center of things or you can accept that we're not the center of things. And there's, there's, you know, and, and so I, I think that that might've been part of the hurdle for you getting over. I don't want to speak for, for you there. No, I, um, I think, no, I think that's it, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I, you're, spoke, you're, I spoke you're, too much. You, no, not at all. Much. I think your response was, uh, it was a pleasant surprise for me. I think that there's a couple, uh, pleasant surprises with this one. I think it was a very, I'm very pleased that, you know, we'd spoken earlier this evening about how the first handful of episodes were kind of all over the map and the the the, the focus on popular culture was sort of a, a poor focus um, that didn't really meet with, I think, ultimately, ultimately with what you and I really wanted to do. And yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I think I've, it, it wasn't so much bad as it like, it wasn't, a, it, I didn't feel it was a fit. It was, it wasn't, fit. I didn't feel it was authentic. And, um, so I'm pleased with the, you know, the groove that we've sort of landed in and, you know, it's funny because if you look through the episodes that we've done, there's a lot of heavy hitters in here. But I think the real thing that I've been pleased with are the episodes on Gould and Litovsky and Vey, you know, who, if you're a specialist and that's what you work with, then they're they're not, you know, their names, you know. But I think a lot of the stuff that we've gotten the chance to read has been a little bit um, off the beaten, a little bit off the beaten path. It's not just high theory, heavy hitting the whole time. And that has been nice. But ultimately. If I was to say there was one thing I'm delightfully pleased at, Barry, and this is going to sound sort of corny, but man, we got to 50. And what a cool, hey. what a cool surprise that is, because who knows how far these go, you know? It's yeah. like, well, yeah, we got we we got talking and we haven't stopped. And I hope we don't stop for quite a while. Uh, you know, um, am I allowed to do one more favorite? Because you just reminded me of a favorite, maybe a clearer favorite than the other ones I mentioned, actually, now you say it. Oh yeah, run with it. Sontag photography. Yeah, that was what all. When you mentioned this, when you mentioned about uh, Plato's cave. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned when you mentioned. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't want to butcher her name. Latovsky. Latovsky. Yeah. Uh, you made me think of 
I liked all our stuff on photography. That was because... a that, and then um um Bazin. That was a, yeah, yeah. There was that was, and that see that's what I'm talking about though. I think it's been great to be able to sort of hit a little side street, like oh, let's talk about photography a while. Well, let's let's talk more about photography, and then you know yeah. you you jump yeah. from there into into other things. I just it's it's been it's been fun. All right. Well, Barry. Thanks for the first 50. Here's to the next Thanks, 50. You, you, you gave us a wonderful closing statement, like a pro, like the pro that you are. I have huh. nothing to add. It's been a pleasure, Michael. Looking forward to next time. All right, man. Have a good evening. You too, sir. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. To find out more about the show, check out our webpage at criticalmediastudiespodcast.com.